Warning, this podcast contains adult content, including frank discussions of sex and lots and lots of swear words. Enjoy! Lofgar lowered himself down to pin Wolfston where he lay, and his weight, the sharpness of his hip bones that dug into Wolfston's flesh harsh enough to leave bruises, made Wolfston turn into liquid light again and lose track of where his body ended and began, except where it was pinned down by his scops. Kissing him until they were both gasping, Lofgar ravaged his throat with suck marks and bites. Neil. Yes. Uh, as much as I enjoy run on sentences. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Maybe let's do our podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just fuck punctuation in this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there were there were m dashes, there were commas. It was is a veritable melange. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Claire. And this is FMK Lit. Where we read two romance novels. A straight one and a queer one. And then we play Fuck, Mary Kill with the characters. We do. Also, all the spoilers. So many spoilers. If you have come here just to go a Viking through some some books, we are not doing that. We are ravaging these books. We are taking them apart. We are we taking are... them for all their best and taking them back with us. We plunder these books for spoilers. So, spoils and spoilers. So, if that's not what you're interested in, just pause, go buy the books. Just yeah. go read them. Just go buy and read the books and then come back. And then we'll have a chat about it. Yeah, we'll and by, talk at you about our feelings and disregard <laughs> yours. Just like and by, a good lover. <laughs> by we have a chat, I mean that Claire and I will have a chat and you will be privy to it. And by good lover, I mean the lovers in these kind of books, not the lovers that you should actually have in real life. <laughs> Girl. <sighs> so Neil, you picked some books. What did. did you pick? I picked Norse Jewel, Norse series book one by Gina Conkle, and The Reluctant Berserker by Alex Beecroft. And what was the theme? Vikings. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Whether or not that was successful is a different story. <laughs> uh, but before we talk about these Vikings, uh-huh. these these Norsemen, Claire. Yes. What has got you all hot and bothered? Um, a bar with sand on the floor. Oh no. <laughs> is it I, is it out of doors? Is it on a beach? It is in the doors. No. In San Francisco. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is this? So Del Mar Bar, which I believe is in the marina somewhere. Oh, that explains everything. Uh, has every once in a while, in the middle of the week, done a beach night where they have just put sand on the floor. <laughs> God. It's already kind of a beach themed bar, from what I can tell. It's not tiki, it's beach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, they just put sand on the floor. This article by uh, Timothy Karoff that came out today, November 11th, was magnifique. I'm not going to read the whole thing because I just encourage everybody to read this article. I visited a San Francisco bar covered in six tons of sand. (laughs) Um, 
It's cold Thursday night in November, and I'm the only one in Del Mar wearing flip-flops. It's, quote, beach party, unquote, week at the tropically inspired bar in San Francisco's Marina District, and the owner and general manager has taken the time, has taken the theme to a literal extreme. On Wednesday, he spread six tons of sand across the bar's floor. And on Sunday, he will remove six tons of sand from the bar's floor. <laughs> um, some might call the move a PR stunt to drum up weeknight business. Others might point to it as a shining example of the sort of lighthearted fun that San Francisco needs. But no matter where you fall, it's impossible to deny the basic fact that the floor is covered in sand. <laughs> and... I just want to shout out to Timothy of the SF Gate, who seems to have been assigned to going to a bar where the floor was covered in sand and to write about it and had a word length that he had to meet. <laughs> and by God, he did it. And, oh. and it is a funny article. It is It is about the silliness of like... You know, sometimes you just got to pull stupid shit to get people in the door because it is hard times uh, for bars in San Francisco right now uh, in a lot of places. And, like, there's a lot of places that are struggling a little bit harder than most. And so, fuck it, six tons of sand. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a very silly article, um, but it's it, it takes it seriously. Also, it doesn't. It's pretty fun. It describes a couple of girls walking up, showing their ID, and then looking inside at the sand and then going, nah, and leaving. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, I just, it's a funny article, and I feel like a lot of the news right now is bad, but also de divisive in a way that I think it hasn't been since Trump was in office. Mm hmm. And we're headed back into those delirious Trump times. So I just wanted to point out this one particular article for its joy in this in the lighthearted silliness that is San Francisco. Mm -hmm. I Googled the bar and the little like cluster of photos that show up. One is from the outside, like the street view, and then the a little edit of the map showing that it is indeed in the marina and then a picture of a hipster guy like hunched over his laptop DJing and I'm like this is this is why I've never gone <laughs> all those reasons goodness but yeah so I thought that'd be funny but Neil what has got you hot and bothered um so yesterday um well Thursday I made a cake and then yesterday I made the drizzle for said cake because I didn't have time to do it on Thursday and it was for a D&D night I was going to last night. Um, it was a chai cake with a salted caramel drizzle. It was a chai mm. bunt with a salted caramel drizzle. It was very, very tasty. And in reading the recipe, it was like, okay, you make the caramel sauce, the caramel drizzle, drizzle it on, serve immediately. And... I discovered why, because then it, the, this particular caramel drizzle like solidifies um, when it cools and in a way that it's still kind of crumbly and it was still, like, by the time I served it, it was still tasty. I'm like, oh, I see this why you're doing that. But then I took it a step further and I was like, 
Wait, so you're expecting that somebody's having people over and then they have to excuse themselves from the dinner that they're hosting to make a caramel drizzle so they they can serve this cake immediately after. I'm like, okay, sure, (laughs) sure. Must be nice to not have anything else to need to do with your life. Um, And then I... Scrolled through the comics comments for whatever reason, and then I saw I thought of you, Claire, because one of the comments was like, "Oh well, you can make this recipe a lot healthier. Replace this with applesauce. Replace the sour cream with Greek yogurt. Take out half of the sugar. Only make half of the drizzle." Blah blah blah, and it made me think of you. Oh my god! Like it's a different recipe, lady. Yeah, different fucking recipe. (laughs) I think just start your own blog that is called "I Found This Recipe and I Fucking Changed It." You're welcome. (laughs) I found this recipe and I made it healthier, comma sadder. Yeah, (laughs) and also like most of these women's like. Oh, so you need to put this in? Just add applesauce instead. Let me tell you what. Applesauce is not a cure-all for no. uh, the sugar and oil that, and butter you're supposed to put in. Also, one of the people I'm baking for is allergic to apples. What now, Brenda from Des Moines? <laughs> Get your shit together, Brenda. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, just the realization of like, oh, no, 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 no. You have to remove yourself from whatever it is that you're doing to make this drizzle. And it also expected you, it, it, it expected, and it doesn't, it doesn't take very long to make, but it also expected you to like take the cake out of the oven, let it cool, uh, let it sit in the pan for 10 minutes, flip it, let it cool for another half hour, and then make the sauce and serve it immediately. Jesus. So it's like, when are you sitting down to dinner? You know. When am I... Yeah. I'm entertaining. I'm not making this cake just for myself. When am I interacting with my guests? No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm... D- Listen, I'm so glad everyone's at my house, but because I'm such a good mom and hostess, like, you're never going to see me. I'm just going to be making food instead of spending time with my friends and family. What is wrong with you? No, that's insane. And that seems like something that should go in the comments. Like, somebody in the comments should say, like, oh, my God, this was a silly thing for me to make during Christmas. There are some times where I can get it, like, you're doing a showpiece, like you're doing that figgy pudding, but you're actually setting it on fucking fire. That Mm -hmm. does require you to disappear into the kitchen and do a little bit of setup. But so when you come out, you don't just have like caramel on a cake. You have fucking cake (laughs) on fire because you're a badass. (laughs) I listen, it was delicious. I'm going to give it to Kaylee with three eyes or... Lorelai or whoever this white woman was whose recipe that I made. It was delicious, but I made it before going to spend time with my friends, so the the drizzle had solidified at that point. Anyway. Should we talk? <laughs> this has been Recipe Rants with Neil. <laughs> Let's talk about some books! Let's talk about some books! Norse Jewel. Norse series book one by Gina Conkle. What does the wolf-eyed Viking want? (laughs) I'm doing great. Stolen by marauding Danes, Helen is desperate to escape their camp. 
Her unlikely savior comes, a fierce Viking chieftain named Hakon, who takes her to the frozen north. Hakon wants to lay down his sword and live a peaceful farmer's life. Past betrayal left him cold to love, yet the Frankish woman who keeps his longhouse thaws his icy heart. Helena wasn't born a slave. She wants nothing more than to return home, yet her stoic master fascinates her. He's as bold as the wild Northlands. But war is brewing. A kingdom's in the balance, and Hakon must take up his sword. Can the Viking warrior defend his homeland and keep the woman he loves? A story rich in historical detail and people well with well-formed characters. Excellent read, Arthur Cheryl Howe. A master at piquing the reader's interest, Gina Conkle has crafted a mesmerizing story that evokes strong emotions in readers. 4.5 star review, romancehistoricallovers.com. That's that's what the book says it's about. Uh-huh. And before I hand it off to you, Claire, I yes. do just would like to make one quick comment, which was when I was researching this book, um, someone on Goodreads or something had left a comment that's like, oh, the interplay between Christianity and paganism in this book has made it one of the most interesting books I've read in quite some time. And I was like, oh, that's promising. That also sounds like a thing I'd be interested in. It wasn't. <laughs> it was not. <laughs> yeah. So, Claire, what is this book about? Well, this book is about a young woman named Helena who has one thing on her mind, and that's returning to France. She doesn't want to be with the Danes anymore who took her from her home in France. When we first meet her, she is on the literal sort of auction block at a market waiting for somebody to come and buy her. She's next to another uh, slave who's been through it a couple of times. It's just like, girl, chill the fuck out. Like, <laughs> I do. Her, this other slave is Sestra, uh-huh. who basically is like, oh, yeah, just sort of like flirt with some of them and they'll be nicer to you. It's fine. Yeah. She's like, flirt, you know, whatever. It's okay. Like, they're going to treat you nice. Sleep okay. with them if you want to. Whatever. It's fine. Yeah. Sestra's like, be chill. <laughs> and Helen is like, no! <laughs> Never! <laughs> I refuse! Uh, the night before, a very interesting thing happened that we didn't see. Um, <clears throat> Helena was a So many interesting things happen in this book that we do not see. That we do not see. And they're referred to during quiet times when we're sitting around in the grass. <laughs> <laughs> so, and this is one of those times. They are quietly sitting around in the grass with their hands bound behind them, just waiting for someone to come up and buy them. And in the meantime, Sestra's all like, girl, the reason you are in so much trouble is because you're not playing by the rules. And she's like, I don't want to have sex with any of these guys. And Sestra's like, you don't have to. Just like... Don't be weird or whatever. And that's not true. Like, uh, Sestra and uh, Helena both know that the possibility of being raped is very high. And in fact, last night, one of the Danes had tried to take away from Helena a, a little, like, pouch she keeps around her neck. And Helena refused to give it up. And because of that, he slashed her across the face. So she is this big gaping wound that has not really been attended to. Um, which is making her also not somebody people want to buy. <laughs> so, 
So Sestra's actually being super nice, even just like telling her to calm down. Um, <laughs> in walks uh, our hero, Hacken, who has just come off one ship, off of his ship, and he's just like here to sort of like get more stuff and then get back on a ship. He's headed home. Uh, he's Helen also very specifically looking for um, a slave woman who speaks Frankish uh-huh. and is older because he's like, I don't want to be tempted. So I just want to find some old lady who speaks Frankish. The thing about like, oh, if I'll find an older woman. I'm like, okay, I guess that makes sense. It is It is never explained why he wants someone who speaks Frankish oh, ever. And, and that never, and it comes up once and then it's all done. Because he, he makes a comment. It never pays off. And then also. He already speaks Frankish. He already speaks Frankish. And then Helena, whose whole thing is like, oh, this is, I've never left my village before. I've never traveled. She speaks Norse and we don't know why. Yeah, it never comes up why. She's very good at speaking Norse. And I was looking forward to because what I thought the trope was going to be was that these two people who shouldn't be together, you know, Thrall and Liege or whatever, like were going to have these lessons in language where they were going to teach each other their languages and over that time fall in love with each other. That never happens. So no. that was uh, that was sad for me. Spoiler. Almost nothing happens. Almost nothing happens. So very funny one of my very favorite scenes so she looks at him when he like comes into the market and is like holy fucking shit that guy is goddamn hot and she's just like <laughs> immediately like whoa and Sestra's like i know right and helen is like uh, how did you know what i was thinking Sestra's like because that dude's hot man because <laughs> i also have eyeballs <laughs> So he's super hot. He walks on and Sestra is like, you need to get that guy's attention because if you're not sold tonight, today, which you probably won't be because you were slashed in the face, um, you're going to get raped tonight and probably killed. So you need to get the hell out of here. And Helen is like, fine. So when he comes around, she grabs him by the leg and is like, mm. <laughs> and he's like, um, well, not this one, because I was coming and looking for an old lady. I need someone who speaks Frankish. And she's like, <laughs> I don't know why she doesn't say anything. <laughs> I, I don't either. <laughs> I don't... She could easily prove she speaks Frankish by just right. She, <laughs> she could have said, because she also speaks Norse. My lord, I speak Frankish. Nope, says, fuck all. Just says, um, and he's oh my like, god, I forgot about that, and it's so dumb. And then he uh, <sighs> he walks, and there's this other this old lady, and is like, "Oh, this one speaks Frankish," and he's like, "Great, yeah, I'll take her." Oh, but she doesn't actually speak any Norse. <laughs> and he's like, "What good does that do me?" <laughs> like, well, not that one. So he's like, uh, "I'm done with all this." Like, he sees Helena, and he's hot for Helena right away. But he's like, nah, I don't want to thrall I'm hot for. That's that's dangerous ground. So he's like walking away, at which point Helena is like, fuck this shit, and just starts screaming his name across the market. <laughs> and he's like, what? <laughs> and she's like, and then she starts waving him back over. <laughs> Cut two, she's on the boat now. <laughs> we don't see any of the interaction, really. It's just like, cut two, no. she's on the boat. Um, 
her ex. Oh, and so is Sestra. Good news, he took Sestra as well. I didn't Sven buy Sestra. I don't. Yes, maybe. It was Sven or someone. Sven is Hacken's friend who, like, is the comic relief, but that also it was hinting at a, like, he was going to betray him subplot that never happened. He did betray him at the end. But, like, again, this was off page, so we didn't, like, he's just, like, he's just told about it. But it seems like a betrayal that's going to be easily cleared up. Like, because... Because, um, because what ha- was it? Well, because Hacken is all about the king, like, he's like pro uh-huh. the king that they have, and yeah, he's like, Well, and it like <laughs> Sven is like, Wow, but he's old and weak, like, you know, we should figure mm-hmm. that out. And Hacken's like, Nah, he's the king, like, what are what are you talking about? He's the king, we gotta pay fealty nuts to everything else. And Sven's like, Nah, he's old and weak, and you know, there's lots of evidence for that. And then uh, Hacken takes Helena, spoiler, back to France because she wants to go and she proves Right. So he takes her back. And when he gets there, he meets up with a character we've never met before, but is now suddenly very important. Uh There's a message for us that the king has been overthrown. Uh And one of the people who overthrew him was Fen. Oh. And then Hacken's like, he betrayed me. I must have glazed over that part. Yeah, because it was a sentence. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> there was this whole bit. Because there's the 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 villain that we literally never see. Gorm! Except for Gorm. <laughs> except we see him from afar every for like time. I mentioned Gorm. We're gonna do that because it is. <laughs> I did it in my head every time, and it was like the best way to read this book. The only Gorm! way to get through this book. Gorm. He's. We see him for like two sentences once, and then he's like this looming presence for the rest of the book. And and the king is like, Hacken, you have to like go find Gorm and like <laughs> fight him for me. And Hacken's like, no, I don't want to. And Sven's like, no, you have to. Don't worry. I'll stay here and watch after your farm and your women folk. And then there's a sentence that was like, Hacken didn't understand why he trusted Sven so completely, but he did. I'm like, oh, so he's going to be in league with Gorm! And that's going to be a whole thing, but it wasn't. Yeah, and yeah, and he might be in league with Gorm. Anyway, that's for the next book, I get the feeling. That's book two. None of it none of it mattered anyway none of it mattered anyway <sighs> so we're about to get to the second funniest thing that happens in this book which uh i love so fucking much so they're on the boat and here we really get into there's a lot of historical realism stuff happening so like if you're into historical realism sure read this book i guess like you know Everybody who's going on this Viking vessel, for the most part, you're on top. Like, there's no, like, the birth and the underparts are for, like, um, other things. Like, they don't have time. Like, you got to be on top with the wind and the rain. Um, And that's where her and Sestra are, just, like, under blankets, just trying to survive, like, the storms and all of the travel that they're going to. The book does that very well. Uh, The book doesn't have a map. Or, like, tell us where things are, really. Or even that these are the Norse. (laughs) (laughs) We just know that they're not the Danes. Because we've been told they're not the Danes several times. 
but we're well, not told who they are i until I, later <laughs> yeah because it, it talks about svea which was yeah. S- sweden so it's the swedes against the danes which is still true they hate each other yeah but like no. in a funny way where they're like no this is how you eat herring no 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 no, no. <laughs> this is how you eat herring but again and the danes think the swedes not, are all blonde alcoholics not super made clear except no by title so and that was frustrating yeah. so i was like i could have used a map like i don't know how far they're traveling i don't know where they're going they keep it talking also, about things it also uses uh the names for places from the time mm-hmm. so it's like i don't i don't know where island is i don't know what that is which is perfectly fine with me but if this were a fantasy book even the fantasy book would have talked about like it was so many leagues north yes you know yeah. like it would have given me an idea in my head how far they were traveling where they mm-hmm. were going where they were in relation to their enemies and it was just i don't know I don't know these things. <laughs> and I feel like I have more than a passing knowledge of like a lot of this stuff. But ugh, so that was completely frustrating. Anyway, they're on the boat. Um, she's uh, assigned work to do and it's all seamstress work. And <laughs> in her head, she's like, I'm only going to do a so-so job because these assholes don't deserve my good work. <laughs> it's like, okay. Okay. <laughs> But then she's also like, but I like it and it's making me happy. I'm like, I don't know, girl, just do whatever you got to do. Like, <laughs> um, And she's now sort of regretting the move. Like, she's glad she's not being brutalized and raped. But she's also like, oh, this guy's actually a brute and he's terrible. And I just want to go back to France. And Sester's like, just drop the whole thing. Uh, just like it's fine that guy's hot for you obviously have sex with him it's okay that's all Sester does is just encourage people to have sex with each other good for her um <laughs> uh and i think like yeah if there is a second romance like i wonder if it's between Sester and uh sven in the next I'm, book that's what i'm assuming yeah so anyway <laughs> um there there gets to be an interesting interaction. Everybody else leaves the boat to go on, like, you know, a rest break because uh, Hacken is pushing everybody super hard to get back, back as soon as possible because he's heard that Gorm, 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 has returned to his homeland. So he's got to get back as soon as possible. Um, but they're, you know, on shore leave. He's staying with the boat. Helena has to stay with the boat because she's a thrall. And Helena's like, oh, you bought me because you want to learn Frankish. But guess what? I don't give a fuck. I'm just going to teach you all the bad words. I'm going to teach you how it really goes. And then she just has this super long monologue where she calls him a dick and he's no better than a a beast. And she's not going to do any good work for him. And she's going to be like, you know, bad the whole time. Ha ha ha. He doesn't even know it. And then in a great bit of turnaround that I wanted to come back again more often, which I thought was lovely. He's like, FYI, I do speak a little bit of Frankish. (laughs) And she's just like, did you understand everything he said? He's like, enough that you called me a beast. And she's just like, oh, I'm not going to live that down. (laughs) Yeah, that was that was a fun moment. But then also it's like, why does he need her to teach him Frankish? A like logistically why does he need to know frankish and then b if he already knows some why does he anyway 
Yeah, was it just to practice? He just wanted someone to practice with? I don't know. It doesn't come he up needed, again. He needed a vi- the Viking version of Duolingo. Yeah, the only thing that comes up again is that she's learning the rest of Norse really fast, and mm-hmm. he keeps reminding her of the dumb shit she said on the boat to him. That's the only time it comes up ever again. So we're done yeah. with that plot line. That's over. And then we finally get to uh, his homeland and where they're going to. Uppsala. Um, Uppsala. They get to Uppsala and they're and it's a it's a big city and she's like very nervous about it. She's never even been to a city this big, really. Like she was a country girl. <laughs> um, and she's like, oh, this is overwhelming. Ancestors like. <sighs> Yeah, girl. It's they, they, these are not nobodies. Like I've been telling you. <laughs> like, right. There's this bit too where, um, and it, it might have been later. It might have been like another time that she was in Uppsala that Helena was like, "Oh, and like, I just remember those days in my small village when I dreamed of traveling and blah blah blah, and to see such a big city." That only came up once. It didn't yeah. matter for anything ever. It didn't matter. But this I'm sure was, you're sensing a theme, listeners. Yeah, this was the most fun, the funnest part of this book. And I could, I wanted it. I knew nothing was going to come of it. The moment this happened, I knew nothing was going to come of it. And it was so fucking funny. She's standing next to Sestra, looking over Uppsala. And she's just like, mark my word, Sestra. We're going to take over this place. And Sestra's like, what? <laughs> Girl, like, what? And she's like, we're not just going to get our freedom. We're going to take over. And Sestra's like, okay. <laughs> okay. I have to go over here now. The very next thing that happens is they're actually leaving Uppsala because he lives in a farm outside of it. We only go back there twice. Oh, um, God. It was so funny. I laughed so hard for so long I had to put the book down. <laughs> she's like, we're going to take over. So then we left Uppsala. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine too in the in the video version it's like it's a close up on her face. Mark my words, Sestra, we're gonna take over Uppsala. Slow fade, her voice becomes the narrative. Mark my words. They're in a cart leaving Uppsala. <laughs> Someone was like, Ooh, this is this is an interesting artistic choice. It's like no, she's or, leaving. She's or gone. it's like the arrested development theme goes and then we hear we hear the narrator go, they didn't. <laughs> Ron Howard is like, they did not take over Uppsala. <laughs> Helena left Uppsala five minutes after saying this. Um anyway, so then they go to uh Hawkins sister's home where she lives happily with her family and he's like hey here's my new thrall you know teach her to be good at stuff and she doesn't i mean yeah i mean because i mean the one thing is helena never learns to cook which to be fair if i was in those times and i was told to make bread on a hot stone i wouldn't figure it out (laughs) like i don't i don't i don't fucking know and they're like render this fat Mm, Um, i don't i don't know and then turn that fat into food what's the time on this (laughs) (laughs) what temperature should the fire be um I do appreciate because they did hire someone on to cook for her. And on the one hand, I'm like, 
I'm sorry, this is not how this... And then it's like, oh, but then Helena makes all this really good fabric and, and they're going to, like, yeah. sell it to bring in money. So, like, she, instead of sort of being his housekeeper, sort of becomes, like, a skilled laborer in his... I say employ. Um, the, the, he's not employing her. He owns her. But sort of, like, she becomes a, a skilled... Yeah, like a, like an artisan that's yeah. able to make him money. So I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I were in his situation, I'd be like, it's probably cheaper to find some lady to cook and then just like make money off of this fabric that she can spend all day doing that she likes doing. Yeah. Also, Helena like loves like making fabric. So I'm like, yeah, just do that girl. She's like, I know all kinds of, cause her dad was an apothecary. So she's like, I know all kinds of fun ingredients to use for dyes and things. And so I'm like, yeah, I go for it. Yeah, Good for I, you. I can help girl you boss with your it migraines. Up. Yeah, no problem. So here we're, so I'm your migraines run... that happened the one time there's stress migraines from talking to his ex-wife <laughs> so here we get into which is like so here's it's a norse book but here is if you like um modern books about single dads who are struggling to get back custody of their children this is that book this is <laughs> it's it's like the um Oh, what was the one that we read where he was the divorce attorney and he had to go to the great state of Georgia? Oh, my God. I don't remember. <laughs> Do you remember? And she was um, she was the uh, like the marriage counselor. And she was. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. She like shared his office. Single yeah. dads. The the, dads. the theme was. I was like, what was the theme? Dads. What was the theme? Single dads. It was like that where he is like, yeah, but like I'm actually the one who's supposed to take care of this kid, but my ex wife is like dragging her heels for whatever reason because she just wants more money. Yeah, this is the exact same thing. It's very much like that actually. Uh, yeah. So anyway, Helena, like, sh she makes friends. Everybody's really nice. Like. Uh, all of the Norse people are really nice. None of them are mean at all, except for Gorm. Gorm! Gorm! Who is the worst. And Astrid, the ex-wife. Well, and even she, like, you know, at least she seems she seems human. At least she's not she just is, like... Yeah, because we find out that she's been hanging around with Gorm a lot. Gorm! Gorm! And then he's like, I can't stand your kid because he's Hacken's son. Because there's this whole thing where, like... Okay, Here's oh, where I want to I want to get into this a little bit. Okay. Because fuck the plot. Right now we're just going to get into Hacken's history. <laughs> so, when Hacken was growing up, his family farm burned down and all and all of his family was murdered. And they and this happened Except his sister. Except his sister. And who was the perpetrator of that? Gorm. <laughs> Um, he always knew it was Gorm, but they couldn't pin it on him for sure. And the king hadn't done anything. So he's like, well, it must not have been Gorm. And then at the, at a dinner like that, he's hosting at his house. The king is like, oh yeah, I always knew it was Gorm. It's just like, you know, we got to keep that guy happy. Cause he's like really powerful. And he's like, oh, oh, sad. <laughs> I thought, 
oh, that makes me not happy, but I don't know what to do about it because I've always been loyal to you. And the king's like, yeah, it sucks to be you. Anyway, so then later... <laughs> sucks to suck. So then later, Hacken marries the most beautiful Norse woman to ever have existed. And uh, they have a baby. Uh, he goes off to do a Viking. <laughs> Which is what they say in the book. Like, I want to go a Viking. And it's just like every time I was like, just that's it bothers me. I Whatever. So. So he comes back and she's just like, "Nah, I'm leaving you. You're not that good at being a lord. Like, I want pretty things and you don't bring home enough money for me to have pretty things. And you don't care about that. So I'm taking my, our son and I'm leaving and I'm going to go hang out with Gorm. <laughs> So he goes and hangs out with Gorm. She she goes and hangs out with Gorm. He doesn't want to marry her or anything, which is very upsetting to her that we find out later. So our man just goes and does Viking shit all up and down the coast and is mostly sad sack about things. Uh, he comes back home with Helena. Uh, he drops her off at his sister's farm, goes a Viking again. And while he's gone, Helena is attacked in the woods by a berserker. This berserker is one of the who's just he's a berserker fyi is a warrior who's literally on shrooms and sent into the woods with a blood rage (laughs) (laughs) very good when you're taking over villages not so great when they have nothing else to do (laughs) this berserker's loose in the woods and he just attacks the ladies helena does a really good job of of saving everybody and they Mm -hmm. later find out that this berserker was owned by no one else but So, uh, this is very upsetting to Hacken, and, uh, you know, when all of this comes out about his family and the history, the king sends him off. He's like, yeah, go get that dude and take care of him because he's causing uprisings. Great. So he goes to leave. When he leaves, well, as he's leaving, Helen is like... I want my freedom. I've been asking you for my freedom this whole time. I've been saying, hey, just give me freedom. And you've said no. I've said, hey, I have this necklace that's really pretty. That was part of my my bride price. I'll give it to you for my freedom. And you said no. And then I was like, okay, how about I just be your thrall for seven years and you give me my freedom. And you said yes. But then I overheard you talking to Sven and you were lying. So that was obviously not the truth and you weren't going to set me free. So what if I get your son back from your ex-wife and make her agree that she's not going to come and get him so your son now lives with you permanently? And if I do that, will you take me back home? And he looks at her and he's like, sure, whatever, fine, let's, let's do that. So then he goes off to go check. Um, she has gone for like three chapters. She's gone. He's gone for like three chapters. She figures it out. She absolutely. She gets. She gets the ex-wife on her. Uh, like not on side, but like she sort of bribes her with all these amazing linen she has, and then is like, "I'll give them to you all if you do this for for Hacken." And then she's like, "And girl, Gorm is never gonna fucking marry you. Like you've been giving him puss that pussy for free. He ain't gonna come." And she's like, "Oh, you're right." <laughs> also, also, Gorm hates her son because he is Hacken's son. Because right. there's this whole thing we find out later about Gorm's parents. Um, and so, like to the point that she's like, "I'm a little afraid that he might try and kill my son." 
And so Helen is like, let him live with his dad. And she's like, yeah, I guess. Give me fabrics. Bye. Right. So, and then, um, <laughs> and then, uh, and that is exactly what happens. Uh, our dude comes back. Hacking comes back. And he's like, wow, this is an amazing thing you did. So cool. I didn't find Gorm. Didn't, don't know where he is. Um, but, uh, you know, hey, do you want to stay with me forever? Because I'm in love with you. We'll just be equals. Like, you won't be my thrall anymore. She's like, well, do you want to marry me? And he's like, no, I never want to get married again. And then this is the third funniest thing that happens. In this <laughs> book, when she's like, I don't understand what he doesn't get about what I want from him. And he's like, what does she want from me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, He's like, oh, women are so inscrutable. I'm like, she has she told you like seven times. Said, I want to go fucking home. I want to go home. And if we don't do that, I've fallen in love with you. Let's get married. And you're like, no to both. <laughs> God, because she had a betrothed back home. Right. Um, and so then finally he's like, okay, so he's going to take her home because she got his son back for him. They land. He meets up with the messenger. The messenger's like, FYI, the king has been dethroned. And he's like, oh, we got to go put the king back on his throne. And the messenger's like, oh, no, 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 no. That's not my point. I, I'm perfectly fine with that. The problem is Gorm. <laughs> Gorm. Because it turns out, oh, God. Well, you tell that part because I did not follow. I was like it, something with parents. There was yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the king, um, this okay. So when Hacken's parents were killed, the king sort of became like a foster father to him, and part of him his rearing of Hacken is like, oh, never get involved with thrall women. It, like you're above that, and never ends well, et cetera, et cetera. Turns out that. Um, uh, the king like fucked a thrall got her pregnant right when she was getting married to some guy and then they were pissed off about it so then they were like plotting to kill the king so then the king was like hey Hacken's dad go and kill these people and this was Gorm's parents so Hacken's dad killed Gorm's parents so then Gorm in revenge killed Hacken's parents right Gorm, Gorm! <laughs> and it was and this is all like just like in a conversation with some random dude we've never met and I'm like right. why 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 this? But somewhere God. in France, Helena's excited to be home and come to find out, to no one's surprise, her fiance's gotten married and gotten another chick pregnant. <laughs> yeah. And the timing of it is that he got her knocked up while he was betrothed to yeah. Helena. Yeah. So she's like, well, that sucks. And then she and she also like realizes, oh, my little country village was a country village. Right. It was not nice. I do not enjoy this. I but very much want to go back. He, we didn't find this out until we get back to Frankia. Her her betrothed was the lord of the area. Like, he yeah. lived in his keep or whatever. So it's like, oh, and, and there's this whole time that's like, Hacken's like, oh, he's he's well-read. He can read. He can write. That's not a man. What is a man? What is he going to be able to do for you? And never once did Helena be like, well, he's he's the, the son of the Lord of, like, where I live. He's going to in, in, 
inherit lands and a title and money. Like, we have a keep that we can stay in so the Danes don't get us anymore. But, like, that never comes up until we get there. And I'm like, well, obviously, this is why she wanted to marry him. Yeah, then that's a big fucking deal. Oh, God. <sighs> Whatever. So, they, <laughs> Helena and uh, Helena and Hacken finally have sex. And I almost wish that that scene had come a lot sooner. Like, as soon as he bought her. Like, that they had a conversation. It's like, okay, yeah, sure, I'll take you back to Frankia. And then they go, and she's like, oh... He, my betrothed cheated on me and he's with some other lady. Okay. And that Hacken's like, well, you can come live on my farm. And she's like, well, I, I've always wanted to travel. So I guess. And then, cause it's like, what else was she going to do in that little town kind of thing? But that's just me. I don't know. There was just like so much, like, I think it was the one thing that had to keep them apart because they liked each other. Like he's a nice guy. Like mm -hmm. he's not a brute in any way, shape or form. And like, she's fine too she's you know she she jumps the gun a little bit on um how she views people but like you know whatever like their romance was not anything to write home about i was not excited no about it. it wasn't fun um no i did appreciate that when they were in frankia he basically was like okay let's get married go find one of your holy men or whatever we'll have a christian wedding i guess and she's like you do that for me and he's like i don't fucking care um and she's like okay well we'll we need to talk to so and to the to the priest or whoever hopefully he'll agree to marry us so quickly and he's like oh don't worry about it he'll agree She's like, what do you mean? It's like, well, he's a man. When I talk to men, they agree with me. And she's like, don't threaten the priest. <laughs> but it's like this cute little like, ah, that's my man threatening the clergy again. <laughs> I how... enjoyed that part. That was a fun little. That was, was a fun. fun little dynamic. And, I mean, uh, yeah. And was there like a little bit of talk about the religion that uh, that the Norse believe in? Yeah, sure. Um, was there a little bit of talk about Christianity? Like, not enough to count. Like, like yeah. I don't think any Christian could read this book and say that there was Christianity in it. <laughs> like, and there was as much Christianity as there was Norse mythology, which yeah. is none. There was, like, here's, there was enough Norse mythology to know that on the ninth year, they were going to sacrifice... Uh, a lot of animals and dudes like they were going to do human sacrifices and then there was enough Christian mythology to know the Christians weren't about that anymore yeah and the <laughs> king who became Christian was like not so much and then all the other the like the Viking religion folk were like no but we have to or bad things will happen yeah and I, I, I it obviously was setting up for things in further books do they pay off? Probably not. Um, I, uh, writers, writers, when you are writing out a series like this, it is important. Yeah. Have your big overarching arc. Do that. Let us know like what the series is going to be that we're invested in, but enough needs to happen in the first book that it can stand alone as a book. Because if it's not interesting in and of itself, I'm not going to read the rest of the series. It's just not going to happen. Ugh. Yeah. No. Uh, well, anyway, for me, that was that book. Yeah, there wasn't a lot to, there wasn't a lot to yeah. talk about. Gorm! 
Gorm. Fucking love Gorm. Oh, <laughs> that we saw for two pages. You know what? I love. I no. I like it was great. Like I loved that we only got that much of him. Like I'm like yeah. <laughs> I love this. Like every time something bad happened, it was Gorm's fault. <laughs> <laughs> even even. This wasn't true, but I, I'm surprised that when Helena's like, oh, my husband cheated, or my betrothed cheated on me and married some, like, richer lady. Go! <laughs> uh, okay. Right. So that was Norse Jewel Norse Series Book 1 by Gina Conkle. The Reluctant Berserker by Alex Beecroft. It is the Dark Ages. And only a slave or a coward would ever submit. Wolfstein is a berserker. When the killing fit comes on him, he is unstoppable. It's a sign of being touched by the gods, and his peers honor him for it. He is strong and respected, and must forever hide his heart's yearning to be cherished and taken care of. Leofstan is a harper never trained to fight. He makes his way in this world by his wits. He is as much a man as any, and he will not let any of these brutes make a woman of him, though his lord seems likely to try by force. When Wolfstein accidentally kills a friend and Leofgar flees his lord's lust, they must they meet on the road in the pilgrim shrine of in Eli. Pursued by a witch's curse, outlaws and Leofgar's vengeful lord, they fall in love. But nothing is simple when neither of them is what the world thinks they ought to be. One of Cooking Up Romance's best of 2016. The most recent book I adored was The Reluctant Berserker by Alex Beecroft, which came out in 2015. The detailed interplay between pagan and Christian cultural forces made The Reluctant Berserker one of the most interesting romances I've ever read. Neil. Neil. <laughs> Neil, is that, is that what this book is about? I Okay, I have to point out um, I thought you had misread. No, there's a typo for one of our main characters' names on the back of this book. <laughs> it says Leofsten, but his name is Leofgar. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, also, look at you with your Wolfstan. Wolfstan. Leofgar. Leofgar. But also, they're not Vikings. They're in England. Yeah. I... Mm. Well, which is fine. well. I mean, like at that particular point in history, the the Danes and the Norse and some of the others that were Vikings, like fall under the banner of Vikings, had taken over large parts of England, and like were living at like they were calling themselves like English under the banner that had been set by the King. And he was one of the first Kings that had like, uh, you like had taken all of England and made it a single country. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I am the King of everybody, but more or less what was happening was like, I am the King of all of you warlords who are mini Kings, but you're going to pay fealty to me. And they were like, okay. And they were like, okay, for, about a hundred years and then they split up again like 
And when they split up, the new king kicked out all of the Danes and the Norse and everybody. And they had to go back to their home countries. And also there was a Holocaust. So, <laughs> so like, so to be fair, yes, they're in England, but also they are still Vikings because the Vikings had set up shop. But then, like, much, much later, that's when William the Conqueror came. And William the Conqueror was, was decidedly a Viking. Uh, and he was also like, I'm in charge now. <laughs> and everybody's like, yes. oh, okay. <laughs> but then they... Um, conquest of England, Danes, Nor Danes, Norwegians, and Normans. I think this is just before... Because they kept talking about the Danes... Um, uh, the Danes coming and like, ooh, hopefully we'll get to fight some Danes. Yeah. Anyway, it's listen. When I want a Viking book, I want a Viking. I don't want someone from just outside of Ham 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 Hamstonston. <laughs> I want someone from Uppsala. Uppsala. Anyway, okay. So, um, this book uh wolfston also a lot of mistakes in this book like this book <sighs> needed um an edit a strong-handed editor um because sometimes people's pronouns would just change like in like in a paragraph <laughs> then it'd go back and i'm like oh did you actually mean this to be a female character and then you switched it or was it a male character always and then for a little bit you thought maybe it should actually be a female and then you were like nah <sighs> okay i'm gonna oh, be honest go for it i should also point out before Nick yes. keeps going because that is the last i'll say because that happens 25 percent into this book and after that, I have no idea what happens because I was not able to keep reading. So this is going to be uh, Neil Tells Claire What Happens uh, uh -huh. episode. And to make it up to Neil, um, the next time he picks books, he only has to read one of them. And <laughs> and then I will read both of them. And one of them, I will tell him everything that happens <laughs> to make up for this because I feel really bad. But also now I cannot wait to find out what else happens in this book. Cause by the, at 25%, I honestly was not sure who the love interest was going to be. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cause, okay. Okay. I'm going to be very honest. A lot of this book is just a blur in my brain. So let's, okay. So Wolfstan, 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 um, he serves a lord, a king, someone. He's one of his warriors. Um, and in our first scene, they're like at the market, and and like our other book, the um, the king is his is like a an adopted father because his parents died. I don't think they ever explained how. Um, but basically his parents died when he was young. And so the King took him in and trained him to be one of his warriors, et cetera, et cetera. So he's in his retinue. Um, and we start with like, he's on a boat and they're pulling into port 
And the Lord and his wife are like, oh, I love being rich. Here, take some money. Oh, and the <laughs> wolf says, like, I don't think his wife likes me very much. And it's like, oh, this could be a whole interesting storyline. No, it doesn't go anywhere. Because um, he eventually leaves. Anyway, so then they go to a market and there's a there's a guy selling slaves and he's like, here's a, a captured Welsh prince a warrior prince from wales and it's this like super hot guy who's just like nonplussed about he's just like oh, whatever okay um and then the lord king whomever buys him and he's basically just like oh god this is my wife why my wife doesn't trust me with money and everyone's like well i bet the lord's gonna have fun fucking that welsh prince and wolfson's like wait what and they're like, oh, yeah, rich dudes fuck, like, young pretty men all the time. And yeah. Wilson's like, but I, oh, because, okay. And this is why I really didn't like this book. The whole thing, the whole, like, conflict of the book was two queer people being like, oh, but my queerness. Oh, what do I do about my queerness? This is the only thing I ever have to worry about, despite the fact that, like, they live in the early Middle Ages. So, like, you know, you could wake up dead any day of the week. But they're like, no, it's just my queerness. I'll get into it. Anyway, so then he's, like, talking to this Welsh slave who's... Oh, and then... <laughs> The Lord is like, what's your name? And the guy's like, oh, well, I'm from such and such place and my name is... And the Lord's like, I don't have time for your foreign words. Your name is Braun now. <laughs> like, okay. Um, so then the... So then Wolfston's like talking to the slave and I was like, Oh, and is... at this point I thought the slave was gonna be the love interest. Yeah, was that was like, exactly oh, that's like literally what I was but that's literally what I was about to say. Because I remember from the from the thing that like the the um the other love interest is is like a scop, which is like a, a minstrel uh, um a, oh god, what's the other word? Scald. Um and it's like, oh, d d it was was the guy just saying he was a captured prince to like raise the price, but he's really just like some hot guy who knows how to play the liar, and he's right. gonna like, you know, no, nope, none of that. That's not important. That character is not important. Damn it! <laughs> so much of him. <laughs> I know, I know. Um. And I think what I'll do, because the first few chapters, like, kind of jump back and forth between Wolston and Lufgar. Um, oh, and then they meet. Wolston, Wolston and Lufgar meet very briefly that night at, like, the Lord's Hall. Not the Lord that he serves, but the Lord of where they are. Um, and they, like, bump into each other, and Wolston's like apologize and Lufgar's like you ran into me and Wolfson's like well I'm bigger and I have a sword so apologize and then Lufgar says something witty and then like kisses him and then like walks away and, and Wolfson's like but my queerness oh anyway um so then <laughs> we don't see Lufgar we they, they go back and forth but I'm going to tell Lo Wolfson's story and then I'll tell Lufgar's story and then we'll get to where they meet um so Wolfston has a friend, uh, 
Senar Senid, doesn't matter. Um, and this friend's dad was a coward. And everyone's like, well, don't trust that guy. His dad was a coward. And we're all super, <laughs> we're all super glad that guy is dead. Also, his son is a dick. Nobody likes him except Wolfston. Uh, he is Wolfston's best friend, and Wolfston is this guy's only friend. And um, one night, the friend is basically like, hey, you know, like, you're hot. I'm hot. What if we just like take turns fucking each other? And Wolfson's like, okay. So this guy fucks him and and comes in him. And oh. Wolfson's like, okay. And then Wolfson's like, okay, I'm going to fuck you now. And then the friend's like, no, 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 no. But also they can't talk because they're in the great hall. So they're like the long house. So they're surrounded by people. So they just have to be quiet. And so the friend's like, oh, no, no. And he like squeezes his thighs together so that Wolfson fucks his thighs instead of his ass. Like a teenager. Right. And I'm like, what's this about? And then it, basically then the next morning, the friend is like, Oh, I know what you are. I know that you liked getting fucked and that's fucked. And that's like the absolute worst thing a man can ever do. And I'm going to tell everyone. So like, as people are waking up, the friend is like getting louder and louder as he's threatening him that he's going to tell them that he likes to get fucked in the ass. Wolfston goes into one of his rages Uh and he starts beating up the friend. And to the point, like, he, you know, like he fucked him up pretty bad, but he would have recovered. But then when they finally pull him off him, the friend isn't moving because unbeknownst to them, Wolfston had pushed him so that he fell. His neck fell onto the axe that was oh. next to the fire pit used to oh. chop up the firewood. Oh. So he was dead. Dead. Real dead. Real dead. Um, and he's like, oh, my God. So then there's a trial. And Wilson's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to kill. Like, I didn't mean to kill him. And I just had gay panic. I just had gay panic. <laughs> um, and basically what he's he's like, oh, well, he accused me of like because there was also a bit earlier where the friend had like in front of the other men or like one of the one of the other men in front of everyone was like. Uh, what shortly after the slave had been bought, being like, "Oh yeah, you love the Lord so much. I bet you'd let him fuck you too." <laughs> that kid got uh, Wilson fucked that guy up too. More gay that, panic because oh I, my quiados. That oh. part I remember. Right. So he's like, "Well, the the friend was like talking about the thing that that other guy had talked about, and he accused me of that. And like, yeah, I overreacted, and yeah, I beat him up. I did not mean to kill him." Um, meanwhile, the friend's mom, who's a healing woman and also see, kind of secretly a witch, because we're in that, that point of English history where it's like, well, God, uh, is in charge of everything, but also he talks to the spirits of the earth and the spirits of the water. So when we do magic, it's through God to be, it's a whole thing anyway. Uh-uh. So basically she's like, he killed my son. Y'all are fucking assholes. He killed my son, blah, blah, blah. She's like going on a tear. And then the, basically the Lord is like, Hey, so listen, your son was a dick. And it was obviously an accident. So we're going to, um, our guy Wilson's going to pay the, the debt of his death. Like the, the, like if you kill someone, you pay their worth to like, Oh, the Lord would pay this much to have that sort of person in his employ. You pay that to the victim's family. 
And she's like, I don't want your money. Um, and Wilson's like, no, it's fine. Uh, so then, um, so you then. Know, if I remember correctly, just that morning, uh, her she had caught her son pretty much trying to rape a girl and had to pull him off of her. And was like, come on, man. Not rape her they were like kissing and then he pulled off her wimple right and he was like and the the, this is while she was doing a house call at an injured man's house and her son was like fooling around with the daughter in the same room and he pulled her wimple off and the dad's like what are you doing and he's like well she kissed me which means she's a fucking whore so why should she get to wear a wimple because she's a goddamn whore it was a whole thing so basically at the at the funeral everyone goes up to wilson it's like i don't know why you're friends with that guy he was the fucking worst good job (laughs) like everyone is happy this guy is dead so then after the funeral, they're all hanging out. And then the Lord's daughter that Wolfston is like, kind of, he's like, I'm going to marry her because no one can know about my queerness. And um, so she shows up disguised as a boy and she's like, you have to come with me. And he's like, why? And she's like, hey, that guy's mom's putting a curse on you. And he's like, what? So they go out into the woods. She's like sacrificing animals, dancing around the fire, summoning demons. <laughs> and then, the, and then the, the, the daughter's like, we'll go kill her. And Wilson's like, what? No, no, no. I just killed her son. That's really fucked up. And she's like, <laughs> He has so many demons against you. That is also fucked up. Go stop her. And he's like, oh, I don't know. And then he like sees creatures coming out and he's like, oh, I gotta go. And then he immediately, (laughs) he immediately goes to the Lord and is like, I have to go on a pilgrimage to this place to beg the saint for forgiveness. I gotta go. So he leaves. (laughs) Cut to. Uh, Lofgar and his uh, uh, mentor Anna, who's a man, um, are wandering minstrels, and they're going from paragraph you're reading. uh, Yeah, they're going from town to town, um, you know, trying to make money. And basically, uh, they got like they they um, at one point Lofgar like kind of made fun of Wolfston in front of everyone. So that night they weren't able to stay in the great hall. They were like paid for their services and been like, Oh, there's no room. Byzies. And Anna was basically like, you always fucking do this. You always get us kicked out of places because you're too fucking proud. Like our job is to flatter people. That's all we do so like suck it up stop being a dick to people so we can have somewhere to fucking live because i'm old i am dying and i just want some lord to put me up and feed me so i don't have to die in the streets <laughs> and love goes like yeah i guess <laughs> so then it is the dead of winter. They're going through the snow. Um, there was there were some really good moments where where it was like um, it was a lot of good show don't tell moments where uh, Lofgar would notice Anna being less and less able to like 
hide the cough that he had or like hide how his um he didn't have as much strength in his fingers to play or in his voice to sing or anything like that so he was like trying to hide the fact that he was dying um and he was getting worse and worse at it and then there were moments that he like couldn't hide it anymore and Lovegrove's like oh oh things are things are real bad now i'll do it i will swallow my pride and i will find a lord and so then they they're walking through the snow and they see like a keep like down the way anna passes out so lofgar just like slings him over his shoulder trudges through the snow and he's like in sort of a blood rage of his own where the guards are shouting at him but he can't hear them and then the lord of the the keep comes out and sees them and then he collapses and then basically the lord's like oh it was so inspiring to see you the way that you carried your master and please we were so hoping that there would be because also this book it was a saint's day every like third day it's like oh it's saint quellalyn's day oh tomorrow is saint michelman's day and then after that is saint lurflin's day it's pretty much what it is yeah um oh it's saint aetherwithwishes day it's saint cuckoo's day um so the lord is like oh i was hoping that we would have entertainment you're welcome to stay blah 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 um and basically, it's like, after a little bit, Anna is, like, nursed, not back to health, but, like, he's he's doing okay. And Lufgar's like, okay, well, I gotta, like, this is, this is our shot. This guy seems to want us to stick around. I'll swear fealty to him, blah, blah, blah. And then, basically, this Lord Tatwine is, like, which is a really fun name. Is. Tatwine is like, great, yes, you will be in my service. And then I'm going to fuck you a bunch. And I'm going to fuck you as much as I want because you'll be in my service. Because when I like the only he's like, the only reason I'm keeping you around is because when you showed up, you were super hot. And obviously your master's fucking you. And Lofgar's like, he's not, but I'm not going to say that. Um, and so Tatwan's like, yeah, so you're just going to stay. I'm going to fuck you as much as I want. And that'll be that. And Lofgar's like, I don't want to. I don't like getting fucked because in this society, a man getting fucked is the absolute worst thing that could ever happen. Oh, my oh. queerness. Meanwhile, Lufko's like, I like fucking dudes, but I don't want to get fucked by dudes. Oh, my queerness. I'm like, okay, guy, whatever. But he decides to do it for Anna. And then Anna dies. And then he's like, well, nerds. Um, <laughs> and then basically... Oh, and then they go on a Tatwine and Lufgar and a couple of Tatwine's guards go on this like hunting party and Tatwine's basically like like they're they're walking around and he's like, Okay, so we're gonna fuck tonight and Tatwine's like, Um, I should and Tatwine's like, No 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 no, that wasn't a question. And Lufgar's like, Okay, great. So he he runs himself into a tree branch <laughs> to injure himself so that he, so that Tatwine would be like, oh, I'll let you rest. I'll let you rest. But tomorrow night, I'm going to fuck you. And Tatwine's like, oh, fuck. So then they get back, and the, the keep has been ransacked. People have been murdered. No. Yes. And so in the confusion, Tatwine's like, well, I'm not sticking around for Anna. And I don't want this guy to fuck me because that's the absolute worst thing that can ever happen to a human being is a man get fucked in the ass consenting or no. Uh, so I'm just going to take this horse and I'm going to go. And he just flees in the confusion because also there's a scene where he like, cause 
he is upset about all these people who had been murdered. He's like, that's shitty. These people didn't deserve it. So he says to Tatwine, he's like, well, since I'm like a good public speaker, do you want me to go and find these people and like parlay with them and see what they want in terms of like ransom to return people or anything like that? Tatwine backhands him and is like, the men are talking now. Shut the fuck up. You're only here for one reason. And Tatwine's like, and that reason is to go. So he takes a horse and he leaves. Lufstan or Luf you keep saying Tatwine twice. <laughs> Whatever. I don't care. Doesn't matter. There's a typo in the back of the book so I can fuck it up too. Um so Lufgar oh, so then we cut back to Wolston, who is in his mind being pursued by demons. And it's it's written in a way that it's like, oh, it's true because he believes it kind of thing. Like oh, not that's that there disappointing. are not that there are actual demons, but it's written in such a way because it's his from his point of view, it's like, oh, I, I'm feeling these sensations, so obviously it's demons. And we can uh, be like, yeah, it's demons, or oh, maybe it's not. Whatever, I whatever. I kinda wish there was just straight up demons. <sighs> yeah, well because I mean, oh, okay. I I get why because then god stuff has to be true too which we get into later <laughs> um so he's being pursued by demons exalt pursued by demons <laughs> and he's like i haven't slept i'm like freaking out and then it's it's a lot of things of like oh no something's caught my horse it's under like he's going through marshes and he's like something has grabbed my horse it's gonna pull him under oh i have to get down there and see what it is i don't want to because it's demons oh it's 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 roots he like stepped in some roots okay <laughs> So he's been going through that. So he's a little like sleep deprived and crazy. And then um, uh, marauders show up and they're like, okay, give us your money. And Wolfston's like, (laughs) dumb, dumb idiots. Rage! Um, So he starts fighting them, but then he takes an ax to the back of one of his shoulders. So that arm becomes useless. So he's able to like, it's like five guys and he's able to get, to a few of them in like a pretty good action sequence and then there's like two guys left and he's lo- he's like bleeding out he's lost all of his strength he's like what am i gonna do this one guy standing over him is like shouldn't have done that pretty boy or whatever and then there's an arrow in his neck Whoa. and it's like fucking what and then uh, a, a beautiful creature appears and saves him. And it could be an elf because he's just so beautiful in the moonlight. Ah, oh, turns out it's Lofgar. Yeah. Turns out that Lofgar, something that I enjoy, every time Lofgar has to do something, he's like, oh, yeah, I have I experience with this. From, like, helping slaves boil water to get salt out of it to, like, shooting arrows he's like yeah i've had to do a little bit of everything in my journey so here we are uh, he's like i've done a little bit of mending up so he like can patch um wolfston up enough to like get him to a hospital but he's like so they're traveling together and then uh, uh, and then proceeds like a few good action sequences but it's basically like they're here and then Tatwine's there and then they have to fight and then they leave and then they're there and then Tatwine's there and then they fight and then they have to leave and that just keeps happening over and over and over again um and then uh, no what okay, happens then? we'll get it I'll get into my whole rant later I'll finish up the plot and then I'll get to my whole rant later um so then also we find out that the mom is following him this whole time. Oh, she's like creeper stalking him and be like, "Why didn't my spells kill him?" <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's fun. 
and then like there's a scene where um Wolfston is like on the road and there's a house like up on a like on stilts on a marsh or something and then he's he's like asking this woman a question and then her kid like throws mud at him and the mom's like like this man's about to murder us and he's like no 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 it's it's fine don't even worry about it so she goes and like is yelling at the kid and then her baby like walks out the door and falls into the marsh and so he like saves the baby and he's like here and she's like oh my god what can i rip how how can i repay you how can i repay you and it's like oh well just like double check your screens and like make because there was this like little fancy thing that wasn't tied properly and that's how the baby got out he's like just like keep an eye on your kid whatever whatever and then in the mom's head it's like how dare he save that woman's child when he killed mine <laughs> The, the audacity the audacity mm. so she's <laughs> she's having a time of it um and then there's one point where she's like he's not dead yet i'll have to do worse spells so she's like killing all kinds of animals to like make these demons chase him or whatever um and then they fight tatwan a few times whatever 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 and then it all culminates um they go to this um oh yeah so they go to this um it's like a what do they call it not a compound but it's like um sort of but it's it's a religious one like it's a commune like sort of so like there's there's a there's a couple chapels there's an abbess but then there's also like a scriptorium where they like teach kids to write and then there's like all this other stuff going on and so they go there because some important saint like a saint whose name is like 27 letters long and half of them are vowels all right next to each other um and so they get there and then they like by this point they're like, oh, we're hot for each other, Lufgar and Wolfston. So they like um, end up alone that night because it's so full. They're like in a storage shed, but they're like by themselves, <laughs> and of course they have to share a cloak for warmth. <laughs> and then they're like, I think you're hot. I think you're hot. And Wolfston's like, I really want you to fuck me. And Lufgar's like, fucking what? I what? No, I would never shame you like that. I would never shame you like that. I mean, I want to, but I won't shame you like that because that's the worst thing that can happen to a man. Oh, and Wilson's man, like, well, that car was so much fun right up until this. I know. And Wilson's like, well, that fucking sucks. So then they have like a little bit of a falling out. They they part ways because Lofgar has to talk to Anna's friend because um, Anna, as Anna was dying, is like, oh, go talk to my friend at this convent or whatever um it's not a convent what do they keep saying like whatever um this commune this like little religious town and so he he meets him and this, the friend is kind of fun he's like i'm putting together an organ because like pipe organs are new and he's like we just got a pipe organ we're putting it together and i'm so fucking excited um and so they sort of chat a little bit and then uh, the grand revelatory moment is like um, the friend says like succumbing isn't weakness or like giving in isn't weakness or something like that. And then 
Lofgar has this moment that is like, oh, then I can fuck him. It's fine. That doesn't make him weak. There's also this whole thing where he's like, yeah, it's really shitty. Everybody expects me to be somebody's bum boy because I'm like effeminate and like because I'm not like a big strapping man. So everybody thinks I like getting fucked in the ass, but I don't. I like topping. But also, Wolfson is so big and burly, but he wants to get fucked in the ass and I don't understand that at all. I cannot comprehend this. And I'm like, guy, my guy, my guy. And they even have this conversation. It's like, you're my other half. You're my exact opposite. We fit together so well, but I would never shame you like that. I'm like, what are we doing? What is any of this? Anyway, so then uh, Wolfson is also there and he goes to uh, pray to the saint to like get the demons away from to like protect him from the demons or whatever so he gets there and he's like oh and he also has this moment where like this particular saint who was a woman was like really strong in some ways and then also like really um, sort of like quote womanly in other ways honestly it was all a blur um and he's like oh but if she can be strong too then i can also be strong so it's not womanly for me to get fucked i don't know why i don't know why we had to have these journeys but here we are oh so he goes he, so we fuck he, each other i know so he goes to the shrine and he basically he's like i you know what's in my heart like give me whatever blessing you want to give me but also like i killed my friend and he was never able to like have his final rights do his final confession so like i don't he's probably in hell because of that and meanwhile we the readers are like no he's in hell because he was an asshole but he's like so so wilson's like so take like take away his sins and put them onto me let me have the chance to atone for his sins because he doesn't have that chance so let him go to heaven and blah 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 meanwhile the mom is hiding in the darkness and she's like how dare he take on my son's sins so then he goes to leave and then she puts a knife to his throat and she's like how dare you take on my son's sins and how dare you save that other woman's baby and then he's like well yeah, because I, I loved him. He was my best friend. And she's like, oh, that's right. He was an asshole. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I remember. And then they sit down and they have a, they, they talk it out. They have a chat about it. Oh. Um, so that was kind of sweet. They, they resolved. And she's like, um, oh, and then she's like, oh, well, I know that you're a big old mo. And he's like, fucking what? And she's like, yeah, my son was an asshole, but he wasn't a liar. So when he said that you like to get fucked in the ass, that means you do. But hey, guess what? If you were a witch, that would mean that you'd be super powerful because women and queer folk are like extra magic. So if you want, you can come home and I'll teach you to be magic. And he's like, um, maybe let's, 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 I'll be a hard maybe on that. Um, but then, you know, then he's like, oh, this straight lady says it's okay. So now I've accepted myself. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, oh, no. I know. So then, so, uh, it's fine. So then he goes to like find Lufgar and then Tatwine is there and then they're about to fight. And then the whole time and this whole time too, Tatwine's like, well, why, why are you trying to run away from me? Why would you let me fuck you? But they can't like talk about it openly. And so Lufgar's like, yeah, cause I didn't want to guy. And he's like, and then so then Lufgar's like, I couldn't because my heart already belonged to another 
Wolfston and I, we were in love. We met the night of whatever St. Smitherland's feast, which is like he refers to the night that they actually did meet. And he's like, I, 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 um, I pledged my heart to him. So like, I didn't want to, to renounce that pledge by sleeping with you kind of thing. And the tar- one's like, oh, but why didn't you just tell me? Why did you just tell me? Because also, I did forget, there was a scene where Tatwine was basically, like, was going to to rape um, Lofgar, and Lofgar's like, no, please don't stop. And he's like, well, if you're a man, do something about it. So then he starts fighting him, and then that obviously turns Tatwine on more, and then um, Wolfson's able to go and rescue him, blah, blah, blah. But so then Tatwine's like, well, why didn't you just tell me? I would have listened. And, and Lofgar's like, no, you wouldn't have. Are you kidding me? But he's like, yes, I know. You're so generous. Okay, bye. Bye, Zeus. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. Um, so then they, so then Wolfson and Lofgar fuck. And then Wolfson's <laughs> like, now he's going to hate me tomorrow. And Lofgar's like, no, I love you, but we don't, it's fine. And Wolfson's like, why do you suddenly want to fuck me? Like literally yesterday you said that you wouldn't shame me like that. And Lofgar's like, no, but it's okay because submitting isn't weakness or whatever. And Wolfson's like, what? And Lofgar's like, do you want me to fuck you or not? And Wolfson's like, yes, do it, do it. We're in love now. Someone and then just make this less complicated. Just fuck me. I know. And then there's this whole thing about how um, Lufgar wants to travel and, like, he wants to go to Rome. He wants to go to Byzantium. Like, he wants to, like, leave the British Isles. And so then um, what ends up happening is they then, each of them, through this convent, monastery, whatever, whatever, I forget the word they use. Anyway, it it wasn't a religious word. It was like, it was like compound, but it wasn't compound. Anyway, they they sign up to go on a pilgrimage where Lufgar is like quote going on the pilgrimage to Rome, and Wolfson has been hired by the abbess to like be a guard for the pilgrims. Um. Oh, and um. He signs, he's, his dad is rich. And he's like, oh, when my, he's like, hey, my friend's mom, when my dad's dead, do you want land? I don't need it. Here, land and money. Bye. And she's like, okay, I don't hate you anymore. Um, so then that's how it ends is they're going to Rome. Oh. Yep. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. I, listen. <laughs> Like, Parts I of this just, book, so, go for it. Go for it. Yes. Wish, like, tell me your reactions. Uh, the things that I wish. Uh, one. That they had just fucked? That they had just fucked. Two, in both of these books, I disliked that we had to keep talking about how women were less than. Mm-hmm. And thus, of course, men who fuck each other are also less than. Uh, well, big... No, 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 no. Men who fuck men are fine. Men who get fucked by men less than right oh my god patriarchal double standards which you know what i'm fine if we if you know if we've decided to go and you know be all like historically correct and put that in and have people have feelings about that and have to go through it sure whatever i guess that's happening but uh, I don't think any of these writers are capable of actually <laughs> writing that in an intelligent way in addition to also writing their fuck fantasies. <laughs> right. Uh, it was just like, okay. 
So, uh, I personally am so very bored of reading books where queer people have to struggle with their queerness. I am bored of it. I don't want to say writers never write that ever again because books where characters struggle with their queerness and have a happy ending, that's it, that, those are important books for people who are struggling with their queerness to read and see that there is a happy ending and like see a way to maybe work through their own struggle. Go do that. But like, I wish, and like, this isn't going to happen, nor do I think it's really a good idea, but like, I wish that there were like, there was like, oh, if, if a book has the word, has like a certain word in the description, then it's like, oh, well that the, the whole book is about these characters struggling with their queerness. So I can like opt in or out of that as I see fit kind of thing. Because also, I mean like, yes, they had, um, they had other things going on. The fight scenes were well-written. The fight scenes were good. The fight scenes were, like, gory. Um, and we see... We spend time in the fight scenes in each of their heads, Wolfson and Lofgars, and they obviously approach those differently because of their skill sets. That was all done really well. So there were, like, external things that they were fighting, but they're... The whole barrier to the relationship was each of them having to struggle with their queerness in a way that is just, like... Why, why are we doing... Anyway, um, so, yeah, I just... I personally don't want to read those books anymore. I want to read books where people are just queer and it's perfectly fine. And, like, even if society doesn't say it's okay, they're like, well, fuck society. This is who I am and I'm just gonna go do whatever. Like, um... Um... The, the last Alexis Hall book that we read for our Problematic Faves episode... Right. Where it's like, we can't talk about it, but none of us are upset about our queerness, you know? Um, like, it's us against society, not me having to deal with society, and, you know? Um, and it, it's just, like... Also, the the whole thing about how Lofgar couldn't understand, like, oh, people confuse me for a bottom, and I'm really annoyed by that. But I can't understand how Wolfson is a bottom. He looks like such a top. I'm like, do you not... Yeah, your whole job is rec- is, like... Uh, like remembering things, recognizing patterns, telling stories. Like, do you not see the parallels here? What are you doing, my guy? <laughs> and it's, it's, uh, and just like the shame. They all felt such shame. Wilson was so ashamed of wanting to get fucked because also he wanted to like be, be dominated a little bit. Like he, he, he wants a guy to sort of like pin him down um, and be a little more forceful in a consenting way, which, yeah, good for you, my guy. Just do it. Go for it. But, like, I don't understand why the narrative had to be, like, oh, the shame, and, like, oh, I'm a woman, and that's the worst thing in the world, and, uh, blah, 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 blah. To be honest, the other thing that doesn't make a lot of sense to me, so a traveling musician who goes from place to place, mm-hmm. um, I think has in any time period always been more aware of people's sexualities uh-huh. in part because some of those people were also like sex workers mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was part of what they did. And like, that's also why sometimes people didn't look, Nope, we're not letting actors in this town. <laughs> <laughs> Because you're going to bleed us dry with all your sex work. You can watch them out in the woods, 
but they're bringing in sex diseases and they're also going to charge us too much to watch their bad Shakespeare. No, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I mean, that's why there wasn't women to be allowed on stage because they were trying to tamp down on prostitution in general. Mm -hmm. And they thought, well, you know, this'll, this'll solve the problem. You know, because people are short-minded. But... <laughs> because men won't have sex with other men. Are you kidding me? Right. Never once. <laughs> Never ever. Especially so, not in the theater. It seems to me Lufgar, Lufsan, Lufgar would have known more about this. Yeah. Like, and would have been prepared. Yep. And, like, even if he, like... Uh, I, I, you know, I wouldn't wish this on any character in a book, but like, even if he felt like he himself didn't enjoy the act because he had always been made to, you know, to, you know, to have, be, have sex with and not to have sex with other people. Mm-hmm. And so he'd been abused a great deal because of mm-hmm. his position and where he is and kind of moving around so much. And so like, because, you know, he'd been raped and molested. And so he had that relationship with sex, but like, uh, it was never a surprise to him if somebody was gay, <laughs> like, like, you know, so if, and then if Wolfstein was like, no, I want you to fuck me. And then his relationship to being fucked was of shame because it had happened to him in that way. So often, I think that would have been a different character. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, like through sex, he's like, like Wolf stands like, no, 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 take back your power. If that's how you feel this is, fuck me. And he's like, oh, sex can be enjoyable when everybody ap- agrees and wants to be a part of this. And oh, no, I can dig this. Like, and a, and a sexual awakening in that way seems like that, you know, that sounds or character or relevant. They meet. They both think the other one's hot. They fuck a bunch. Wilson has to deal with a witch and Lofgar has to deal with some crazy rich guy who's chasing after him while they keep fucking along the way. I would have loved that book. That sounds really fun. That sounds really great. And I agree with you completely. It was, I just, I'm just so tired of it. I just, I just want to read books where queer people, regardless of what time period they're in, are just having fun with each other, falling in love with each other, and dealing with, you know, the plague or whatever. Or, oh, but, you know, class issues, but let's keep fucking, you know, stuff like that would, uh, anyway, um, I think that was all I have to say. Yeah, that's fine. That's all. That That was The Reluctant Berserker by Alex B. Croft. B. Croft is such a fun name. Yeah. Are you ready? I'm ready? Are you ready? I'm ready? Let's play Fuck, fuck Mary. Fuck Mary. Fuck Mary. Fuck Mary. Fuck Mary. Kill. Ready? Let's play Fuck Mary. Yeah. Kill. Fuck Mary. 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 Kill. Are you ready? Fuck Mary. Kill. Okay. Claire. Yes. Are you ready? I'm ready. Uh, would you like to go first or would you like me to go first? Um, I guess I can go first. Okay. Okay. So we've got Wolfstan. Uh-huh. Sven. Uh-huh. Or Hawken. Oh my God. I have the exact same one too. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, that's all the Vikings. Those, those are yeah, the Vikings. yeah, yeah, yeah. And those are the ones that seem worth having sex with. <laughs> yeah. Fair, all fair. the other ones seem not great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, uh. 
Okay. Um, I think I'm going to marry Hacken. Okay. Um, his family seemed nice. His farm seemed lovely. Um, he he sounded hot. He probably was good at the sex. I'd enjoy that. Um, I'd fuck Wolfston. I think it'd be a fun night. Um, but I I don't I can't I can't marry into that baggage. He has work he needs to do on himself before we uh, consider anything further. And then I'm gonna kill Sven. He was he was perfectly fine. Um, but he uh, I thought he was gonna be a villain and then he wasn't, and that's disappointing. Yeah. Or at yeah. least, like, he's not a villain in this book. Who knows? I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, I'm gonna fuck Sven, because mm-hmm. I like that... I like that he... <laughs> I like that he just seemed like a dumb, hot guy on the outside, and then you find <laughs> out he's a little smarter than everybody thinks he is. <laughs> that's true. That's like, true. That's... I like that trope in a dude. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just a dumb hottie. Actually, I'm pretty smart. Okay, man. <laughs> <laughs> secret hot dumb hottie that sounds great yeah so yeah so i'll have sex with Sven. um and yeah i will totally marry hawken like he was really nice and like except not always his, not always but i mean what can we do um his breath smelled minty fresh that was stated yeah. several times <laughs> what i was really what i was really hoping was because um there's the myth that like Vikings were dirty and never shout and never clean themselves uh-huh. when the opposite is true. And when they came to England, the British men were mad because their wives kept leaving or their, the, the women of the village kept going for the Vikings with their long, beautiful, clean hair <laughs> and their minty, fresh breath. So I was really, I, I really wanted there to be a moment where Helen is like, Oh God, they're all so filthy. And of course they would have been when she first saw everyone because they'd been traveling. And then she gets home to be like, Oh my God, Hacken washed his hair and it's so fucking beautiful. And his breath smells so good. And Oh, I get to bathe whenever I want to. Oh my God. No wonder. I wanted that as well. And we got, we got a little hint of that when she goes back to back home and she meets up with her fiance. And she's like, Oh my God, he smells so bad. He smells <laughs> this, this whole keep smells musty and gross. And she turns to her ex fiance. She's like, um, you smell terrible. Is that always <laughs> what happened? And he's like, I smell like a man. And she's like, you do not. <laughs> you don't. Uh, you smell like garbage. And then to make fun of the other dudes, Hawken doesn't shower, doesn't bathe the whole time because he's like, I guess this is what she likes. And she's like, <laughs> go get in that river. <laughs> you smelly man. I don't like it anymore. Oh, and then she, oh, there was a really fun scene. She was in the kitchens at her old fiance's keep and he, he comes in and like in front of the women folk as they're preparing for the wedding and he says something and then it was that scene she's like go bathe and he's like okay sure and then she's like oh so and so can you grab him some mint and they're like why and she was like oh he chews it and it makes his breath smell good and all the women are like could you imagine a husband bathing for his wife and someone's like could you imagine if our husband's bathing for us it was funny it was funny so yeah. we got a little hint of that and that was fun yeah um yeah and then uh i'm going to kill wolfston um 
I don't know, like, ladies, you know, people, human beings, you know, just, it's a big red flag when somebody murders someone when they're angry. <laughs> yeah. That's like a big red flag. Just like a yeah. no. That's a no. It's not cute. It's not cute. Yeah. To be fair, it was accidental. It wasn't murder. It was homicide. Yeah. 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 At that time. <laughs> the, the time um, yeah. So anyway, that's mine. Good. And you, you, uh, Claire, fuck, Mary, kill, Tatwine, Astrid, and Gorm. Gorm! I'm marrying Gorm. And let me tell you why. <laughs> he is a mover and a shaker. He he puts the fear of Gorm in people. <laughs> <laughs> dumb i love you <laughs> i mean that guy i don't know like i'm fuck yeah let's marry gorm like he seems <laughs> to have it going on he's you know he's got this big old revenge streak happening he fucks why not gorm um and then we had tatwine and who else astrid 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 okay so i'm gonna marry gorm i'm gonna fuck astrid Mm -hmm. um i've honestly because i really did enjoy i really did enjoy the negotiation scene between her and helena like it was it was well done i it, you know it showed helena like being smart and thinking through like oh i know this about this person so i'm gonna use this like we we saw the tactics we saw them pay off mm -hmm. it was it was nice and then and then also that was a moment where we got to see astrid being human and like it was it was good. Yeah, that she wasn't unlike Gorm, just like a name, just like a faceless bad guy who is yeah. just like you know one sided. She wasn't like a cartoon villain. She very like, and she loved her son. It was mm -hmm. really nice to see that she wasn't just taking her son back to like hurt her ex husband, but that she genuinely loved him, mm -hmm. and that. And that was in part the reason why they she got divorced because she felt like her husband wasn't like you know like showering her son with gifts the way she really thought that you know she should as a chieftain. So like I don't know I I'm gonna fuck her if only because like I thought that was well written I mm -hmm. I thought that was well put in and it wasn't like a lady against lady scene it was two women who legitimately had beef who were negotiating it out and I thought mm -hmm. that was good. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm gonna kill Tatwine. Um, you know, just because, you know, it's not cute to chase someone around um, to try to, you know, and to, to fuck them like that wasn't nice. Um, but, you know, I'm sad about it because, yeah, his name is great. His name is great. It's a fun name. Yeah. And you? Uh, I'm going to do the same things. Um, I'm going to marry Gorm and then I can uh, lord that over Astrid and be like, well, he married me. Yeah, no um, I don't have hawkins kid so maybe he would anyway um but yeah he's gonna overthrow the throne i can be queen for a little bit that sounds fun um i'd also fuck astrid she was beautiful she was very beautiful mm -hmm. and she wouldn't she'd probably only expect like two gifts from me instead of like a whole lavish lifestyle and then yes i'm also gonna kill tatwine because he was gross because those people who like are terrible and it's like well why didn't you just come and talk to me about it it's like yeah because you he like he literally like backhanded Lofgar in the face at least five times over the course of the book and it's like why didn't you just talk to me <laughs> fuck off guy yeah 
<laughs> well, you know what? I enjoy our gaslighting sessions, but I just thought, you know what? This one time I'm going to skip it. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Uh, and of, out of all of the characters, Claire? Um, well, I am still going to marry Hawken, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He's got it going on. He's got a lot of stuff going on that a lot of other characters don't. <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to fuck the witch. Okay. She's a witch. And you know what? I don't know. Like, she seemed awful. But also, <laughs> I don't know. She was like, she was dedicated to that revenge plan. <laughs> she was. She was. <laughs> like, I really like the idea of like going out of the woods like it's demon time. <laughs> you know what? It's she sounds, demon. She's got a lot going on. It sounds yep. like fun. Let's do it. Um so I'm going to I'm going to fuck that witch and I am going to kill Ooh. I am going to kill um the societal expectations that makes writers want to write books where the the gay queer characters have to be ashamed, even though they're writing fantasy. <laughs> fair, fair. Can I that is that all right? I don't Not a character, you. but I will allow it. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Great, great, great. Um, I'm gonna fuck Sestra. Ooh. I bet she's a good time. Oh my gosh, she seems great. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to marry Lofgar. And by that, I think I'm just marrying the idea of like the wandering musician character, not actual Lofgar. Yeah. No, I, can. I don't know. By the, by the end when he was like, oh, I can just like fuck somebody because I like them and they want me to fuck them. Like, yeah, I'm on board. Yeah, I'll go to Rome with you. Sure, whatever. Um, again, as with as with many of these, end of book character is what we're talking about. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I'm going to kill Tatwine because he was gross. And he wasn't a fun villain like Gorm or the witch. Gorm lives. <laughs> uh, and the books, Claire? I'm going to kill both these books. Fair. Um, uh, I think like there was a lot that I really did enjoy from the Norse from Norse Jewel. There was a lot mm-hmm. about this book that was almost <laughs> hitting the hitting the spot for my Viking like mm-hmm. fantasy like romance. And it just didn't quite make Ex- it there. Except so much, of, so much of it was just on a farm. And the Viking wasn't even there. I know. And it was just like so chill. Like, oh, the, we're, we're sitting in the beautiful grass while I loom. Like, oh, don't uh, worry. All the bad things happen off stage. It's fine. It's all, like all these things have happened and it's only been like six months or something. And then I looked up. I was like, okay, so she made a whole fucking sale. And I was like, how long does it take to make one of those? I looked it up and... I saw a research paper that said if one person were to do this by themselves, it would take them four years. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, this was the type of thing that was done by a village of people. <laughs> well, she's just that good, I guess. Yeah, she's just that good. Oh, gross. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going... Oh, I'm, hmm... 
I think I'm also going to kill Norse Jewel. I forgot to mention. So part of it, I listened to it on audiobook. <laughs> and <laughs> it was the the narrator was a guy. So of course, when he did female characters, he just pitched his voice up. And there was a scene between Helena and this like um, fabric seller where like I could not tell who was talking because he just <laughs> did the same voice. Except he did some decent accent work. So accent work. So Helena was like, "Oh yes, I want to go home to Francia, where my village is." <laughs> and he was like vaguely Frenchish. I'm like, "Okay, girl, whatever. It's fine." Anyway, I'm gonna kill it. Um, some of the people seem nice. That that homestead, Hacken's Farm, seemed like a lovely place. But all the interesting things happened off stage yeah he and kept going to talk to his like ex-wife and he'd come back with a headache and like oh it was the worst conversation ever it's like i would have liked to have seen some of it right anything um or for gorm to have been there more oh, or gorm. anything or like more berserkers like the the farm gets attacked by a band of berserkers and so helena and hacken have to like fight them off and then he rescues her anything anything would have been nice uh, there were parts of it like the whole bit where she's like back in um in her village and that whole scene where she's like oh they, they all smell and then you know let's get married and Tee the the working women are tee cleans himself. I'm really jealous about that. Like that all was fine, but overall, I'm just like this book needed to be way more interesting than it was. Um, and then for for Hacken to be like to just fundamentally not understand why Helena wants to go home. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it, it it was because he's like, well, I want her to stay. Ergo, she should want to stay. I'm just like, oh, fuck off. Um. And then I'm also going to kill Reluctant Berserker. Some of it, what, like, some of the prose was really nice. Um, some of the imagery was really beautiful. The action scenes were good. Um, stuff was happening. Mm-hmm. You know, we were getting chased by a witch. We had to fight some, some bandits. Um, but just, like... Listen, if you want to read books where people just, oh, my queerness for 200 pages, this is the book for you. I just, I don't need to read that again anytime soon. So it's not, it's somebody's cup of tea. It is not my cup of tea. So I'm going to kill it as well. All right. Well, is it time? I think it's time. For our favorite game. Favorite game. Christine. Yes. Okay. Hit me. Okay, I think you're gonna get it. Okay, I think you're get it. I did get Vikings. Remember, yeah, I did get Vikings. Yes, you've gotten several. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, let me double check. Oh yeah, so both of these have like you know colon the rest of the name of the book. So I'm uh-huh. only going to read the first part. Okay. okay. So the first title is Dangerous Serpents: Secret Desire. And the second one is any fang for him. And who are the who are the authors? Uh, any fang for him by J.D. Light and uh, edited by Anne Adwood. That was important to say in this. I've never seen that before. And <laughs> Dangerous Serpent's Secret Desire by Amelia Wilson. Great. 
Snake handlers. No. Oh, no. Um, can I see, like, the Amazon? No. Oh, no. Zoos? No. Is it anthropomorphized snake people? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting real Neil with this choice, girl. Yeah, oh, I my mean, God. This is, like, this is a sh- it's shifter romances. It's shifters. So to be okay. fair, they're shifters. So uh, <laughs> dangerous serpent, secret desire, serpent shifter romance uh, by Amelia Wilson and any fang for him. A bite to save, shifter impreg possible love story. Oh my god! By JD Light. They don't want to give a spoiler in the title. I know. Is (laughs) is bite to save like the shifter equivalent of like hate to love? Um, I think it's more like your lover is dying and you need to turn them. You need to turn them to save their lives. Oh my goodness! But I don't oh, wow. know. I did not. I did you not. You thought read. I was going to get that? <laughs> I well, I, it just it felt like it was like well, this is like. But you got snakes right away. You I got, got snakes, snakes right away. Yeah. Obviously, that's in the title. <laughs> <laughs> um, and these are both shorties, Neil. Like the great. longest one. Uh, they are both like seventy-seven pages. Oh my god! Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Maybe I'll read goodness. a book for fun this this coming week. What? Yeah, so. I know. I hadn't heard of. Okay. Okay. This is so dumb, but I'm really excited about it. Yeah. So. <laughs> great. 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 Well, thank you, Claire. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Christine. Thank you so much, Christine. Thank you, authors. Thank you, authors. Uh, we know that we uh, come into the tiny village that is your book, and we steal from it and then profit off of those things back in our homeland. <laughs> this podcast. Are you having a stroke? <laughs> We are Vikings taking from these books. Yes. No, we do that. But we also know that we've actually paid for these books and that you've worked really hard and we appreciate how hard you've worked and we want you to keep writing. Yep. And thank you, listeners. Thank you so much, listeners. You're some of our absolute favorite people. Mm -hmm. Um, And Neil? What are ways that they could show some love for us? Well, they can rate, review, subscribe, tell their friends, tell their lovers. Um, Word of mouth really does help. But also, if you can kick a few few extra bucks our way, patreon.com slash fmklitpod. There's a link in the description. Um, Otherwise, you will need to type the whole thing into the URL. It's hard to find us on Patreon because we say dirty words. Dirty, dirty. Like what? Like canalingus. <laughs> and I guess all we have left to say is that if you can do so safely and consensually and getting chased by a witch, <laughs> keep, keep 